Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Oh, me, oh, my. How are you doing today? I feel like a uh, bag of garbage because my head is just, uh, I don't know, filled with all of the, the chaos that's happening right now. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. I have a great show in store for you today, and that is my good friend. Joey Cahill is the proprietor of 6131 Records, but most specifically for this episode, he opened up a record store called Wanna Hear It Records, located in the greater Boston, Massachusetts area, I think in Watertown to be precise. He's been in business for over a year now. I have not had the honor and privilege of going to his record store, but watching the community build up around it and uh, you know people going to the record store, being excited... I, I had to check in with him. I mean, obviously, I've been following it and been <laughs> I feel like I had a front row seat to this as I've watched the store uh, grow over the time. But to launch a business, and more specifically, a record store, I mean, first of all, I'm really proud of Joey. But second of all, I wanted to pick his brain. I wanted to know like what he's learned <laughs> through the course of opening up a small business, You know, people's music consumption, how they buy music these days. There's so many questions I had, but I had him pick out five things that he learned over the course of this past year. And uh, we, we potted. This is what you do when you've got an idea. And you're like, I was like, Joey, would you be interested in doing this? And he's like, yes, let's do it. So first of all, you have to visit his store if you are in the general New England area. So, you know, drive hours to go see his record store. And then, uh, yeah, tell him the podcast sent you because it's fun. But um, you can also email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I actually have people email me saying, hey, I'm going to this particular city. Do you have a record store you can recommend? I love getting those emails. It's really cool to act like a you know fake tour guide to <laughs> some cities. But um yeah, it's just really fun to interact with you all on that deep level. Also, leave a review where you listen to this podcast, whether it is on Spotify, whether it is an Apple Podcasts. Those are places you can leave reviews, you can leave star reviews. It will take 
less than a minute of your time and the show, the show, myself, let me just personalize this. I would really appreciate that. I hope that you are taking care of yourself because the world obviously has spun completely out of control. I mean, yes, the pandemic is still existing and we all feel like it's, you know, coming to an end, whatever that may mean. And uh, I know myself, I've been to a couple of shows as of late and it feels more normal than it did, you know, whatever, even four or five months ago. But uh, the war in Ukraine, clearly, that is a, a just an awful thing to witness and hear about. Um, every piece of news that I consume in regards to that is just heartbreaking beyond heartbreaking. And so, uh, you know, this is a my my little pebble in the pond of support towards the people of Ukraine, and uh, I hope that this ends sooner rather than later because uh, no one needs to be subjected to that, including all the atrocities that happen over the world. And um, it just my heart breaks, and I I hate it, and I wish that like. You, because I know, and I'm sure many of you can feel this feeling where you're just sitting there being like, well, what the hell can I, one person, do? And I mean, there's a lot of resources that are out there. I've been reading a lot about how people are doing, uh, you know, contributing to Airbnb in regards to renting out houses and properties for people who are in, you know, Kiev and some of the areas that are being greatly impacted by this war. And basically, it's just a, you know, very generous donation. But um, there's a lot of different resources out there. Um, yeah, I just encourage you to do what you can. And then if you need to disengage because of the untold tragedy that you encounter, do that. Because it is very, very tiring. And uh, you need to take care of yourself. Because And as cheesy as this sounds, you are the most valuable resource. <laughs> and you are, you, you need to be told that. And I really genuinely do mean that. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, that is the the spot in which you're like, I got to disconnect. I got to be able to take care of myself. So anyways, little words of encouragement. Like I said, gone to a couple of shows, saw my friends in Touche and Gleamer play, saw Vane play at that same show. Awesome show. And then uh, I saw Godspeed You Black Emperor recently. Holy moly, what a great band. I hadn't seen them in like 20 plus years. It was great to witness both of those musical events. So Anyways, doing some traveling uh, later on this week. So, uh, I mean, episodes will come out as they normally do. But, um, yeah, you know, I'll talk to you probably from uh, from Chicago because that's where I'm going. So, anyways, let's talk to Joey Cahill. He is broadcasting live. No, I was about to just joke around about broadcasting live from his record store. He's not. He recorded this from the comfort of his own home. But, um, yeah, we talked about record stores and uh, the what he has learned over the course of being in business for a year. Want to hear it records, follow them on all, all the socials, and uh, yeah, let's talk to Joey. I dragged this lake looking for corpses, dusted for prints, pride up the floorboards. We are celebrating the one year, I mean, it's post one year anniversary. When was the actual anniversary of the, the store, Joey? Uh, December 11th. So I figured it was a very good time to check in with you as a uh, longtime visitor of record stores, now owner of a record <laughs> store. Uh, what what you have learned within, I mean, first of all, launching a small business in the middle of a pandemic, and um, you you still exist, which is awesome. <laughs> that's yes, a, that's a success. Awesome. <laughs> a success on its own. Totally, totally. But uh, you know, in, in all sincerity, I w- am so excited that you uh, not only have been able to accomplish this, but have been able to build a community around this because it definitely feels like that even from a person that lives 3000 miles away from it. It just feels like there is a energy and vibrancy to the store in ways that 
a lot of other, you know, small businesses from a record store perspective, or even like anything like comic book store, all that sort of stuff. Like it's hard to create that. And I'm sure that that was kind of your intended, um, maybe not manifesto at the very beginning, but that was something you probably wanted to have some aspect of. For sure. I definitely went in with like, you know, not to sound all vision boardy, but a vision and, uh, you know, of seeing like, you know, demographics of kids with, you know, certain kinds of records and stuff that may not be in a lot of stores in the area. And, you know, if you build it, they will come. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, yeah, it's been amazing. Everyone has been very supportive. It's a, a lot of, you know, repeat customers and new people every, every week. It's, it's awesome. It's yeah. I have, I'm kind of blown away every day by how cool yeah. it's been. I, and I, I mean, I, I am too. I, it's, it feels like you're watching this thing grow from, you know, like I said, across the country, but just watching the engagement that people have with the, the, the genuine excitement of being able to find records, like you said, that they wouldn't be able to find in that general area. But then on top of that, being able to feel like they have a space to go to on a, you know, whatever, once a month, once every other week sort of scenario and find that camaraderie in the record store, whether it's talking to you or anybody else that obviously works at the record store. It's, it's, it's actually been really cool because our store is fairly small. It's not, it's not big at all. And it's like, you know, I'll be talking to someone and, you know, someone that I met through the store. And then there's another person in the store and they'll just join the conversation, you know, like, just talking about records and it's like none of us know each other outside of the store, but just be able to, you know, people who are that excited about new records or old records or just anything in general, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's been very cool. Um, especially I think, you know, knock on wood coming out of a, the pandemic, you know, hopefully it's really going to be the end this time, which I'm not holding my breath, but sure. you know, I think people are just excited to go somewhere and have talked to like-minded people about stuff that they also enjoy. Um, and I think that's kind of even what helped us in the beginning was when we opened, it was, you know, almost a year into, into COVID and people I think were losing their minds and, you know, had a place to go where they could, you know, buy a, buy a record and talk to someone that wasn't within their four walls and, you know, find something new. Yeah, the commu- the communal space aspect, I think. I mean, that's what has been the bread and butter for, you know, punk hardcore DIY, indie rock, whatever you want to call it. It it's there always has to be that that central meeting point whether oh, it's I mean, yeah, a venue obviously or record store, something that there's a a, I mean, a leaping off point. And working at Bionic, you know, over 20 years ago, like that was that's all we did. You know, it was just people would come in and sometimes hang out for hours and just talk music. And (laughs) it was great. And it was kind of, you know, one of the things that I've always missed after leaving the record store was having that place to hang out and just talk, talk music with, with people I know people I don't know just, but just having that space. Right. Yeah. And I think too, it's a real, I mean, you saying that kind of jiggers loose that, um, idea in my mind of the archetype of a record store person who is extremely judgmental like and it's not to say that a part of that doesn't exist within us because 
<laughs> you know, there's always that like, oh, I like this. And it, if you don't like this, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, there's always going to be an element of that. But I think to your point of the engagement with people where you are both learning from each other, where it's like that person as a, you know, patron of your store is probably, it could teach you something about a particular genre of music or a band that you like never had any idea about. And you're like, oh, wow, like we're influencing each other in ways that could have never existed if it was just obviously online. Oh, and there's, there's so much stuff that like, you know, maybe stuff that I still don't, you know, maybe love, but there's stuff that I've learned about in the past year that I, you know, didn't really understand or didn't really pay attention to. And, you know, I've never, I don't care what people listen to. I listen to as, you know, some people might say I I don't have the best taste in music. I would disagree, but yeah, I don't, you know, I've never, I don't think I've ever been like the, you know, the the high fidelity Jack Black character uh, working at a record store. Yep. Um, I'm always down to learn and, you know, I want to know more um, because I think that also helps, helps the store. The more, you know, the more, you know, the more you can bring in and then, you know, bring people back and expand the, the customer base. Sure. Yeah. And, and to the idea of, you literally serving your community, like while you are trying to um, reflect your own personal music taste in some elements of the store, like you need to have a point of view, but it doesn't need to like in there, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah. that's where the expansion of your understanding and being able to stock literally what the people want that are in the area and shopping at your store. Like you can't just ignore that. And I'm yeah, sure. I'm going to still try to sell them every no doubt record we ever get, but Right. Of course. We may, may not want that. Right. <laughs> totally. Just be like, listen, I can, I can talk to you about the importance of, uh, you know, no doubt here in, uh, you know, the greater Boston area, but it might be lost on you because you weren't coming up in Southern California when yeah. I was. <laughs> we, we had a homegrown record on the wall <laughs> and I was there today and a guy was like, I came in for the homegrown record and I was like, yeah, it's still, and it was, I looked up and it was gone. So someone else came and bought a, the homegrown that's business record, which to me is the most California record you will ever get that uh, the fact that, you know, multiple people outside of Southern California in Boston have expressed interest in this record blew my mind. Wow. That, that is very surprising. Cause like, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's nothing I would ever expect. Like more than one person being like, man, I gotta, that's business. That's the record. <laughs> Well, I, I, I tasked you with coming up with a list of five uh, interesting learnings that you've had in regards to running a record store, uh, because I think it's uh, not only important to articulate that, because I know other people can learn from you know what you have learned, but I just think it's a, a, a cool look of how people can you know build whatever it is that they are uh, looking to do, whether it is obviously a record store, whether it's some, you know, tangential version of a record store uh i just i was like hey what a good opportunity to uh tap into joey's uh, entrepreneur brain you love giving me homework <laughs> yeah that's true that i apologize for that but <laughs> you did a great job at it so the uh the, the first note you sent over was uh seven inches are cool which um i i mean i disagree with that premise but at the same time I, I would love to learn more about why um, you think seven inches are cool. No, 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 no. I don't. That's, that's I what know, I've I learned. <laughs> I, when we were like, we're putting together the store and like Nicole, my wife and I were, you know, like 
figuring out what racks, how are we going to put all like the LP bins and, you know, and all like, we basically designed the whole store. And I was like, crap, we don't have a place for seven inches. Like just didn't even think about it. Right. And that's kind of where I'm at with seven inches now. Like I, you know, at one point had like 27 inch boxes and I think I've whittled, whittled it down to like three. Like I yep. just don't need them. And so I'm like, you know, no one needs seven inches. And I finally, I like when we, before we open, I found a place, put some in there. And it's like, I would put out new seven inches, new and used and people would buy them. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like maybe it's, 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 it's just me. And I kept, as like the stores progressed, like we now have like 15 different, like, you know, things of seven inches and people love going through them. And, you know, and I, I think it's just having been, literally buying records since I was 14 years old, which is a very long time doing the math in my head. Uh, seven inches. I just don't, you know, I've outgrown them, I guess in a way, like I so rarely buy them, but you know, like, like we've said, like the people, if like the customers want them, if there's an interest for them, like you can't not have them. And so I've, you know, Seven inches are important to the store. They are. They are. And like being a young kid, like I'll never forget, like going to record stores and just, you know, back then when back in the old days when seven inches were like four or five bucks. And it's like, I'll just grab a few seven inches that look cool because you never know what you're going to get. You know, like you could find your new favorite band and it didn't feel like as big of a risk just buying a seven inch. And I still think there's, while they're more expensive, I still think there's like, there's something about just picking up, you know, a band's new seven inch and just, you know, seeing what it does and what it does to you. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Cause it is, I, I think with the, you know, lower barrier to entry in regards to cost, like that's always going to be an element of, you know, the young person's journey because they don't have to, there's no, I mean, everything is disposable income for them because they're not paying, <laughs> you know, rent and everything. <laughs> But at the same time, it's like it, it is a uh, you know a, a non renewable resource for them because it's like, well, I got this twenty dollars, like you know, I know I I might not get this from my parents the next week or whatever, and so I got to make that last as long as possible. Um, so to your point, being able to you know buy a, instead of a four dollar seven inch an eight dollar seven inch now, um, <laughs> it's still yeah. it's it's cheaper than a twenty dollar LP. But it's like even like a you know most new LPs like they're not, they're just getting more expensive. It's like, yeah. so like, it's a lot of, you know, it's like a major label record, you know, this, you know, it's like 25, 30 bucks, but it's like, you can, yep. you know, yeah. Spend 15 bucks and get two, seven inches. Like, you know, that's, I think is a lot easier to swallow. Um, right. And I was right. Like, I had to not come to terms with it, but like, kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't use my own like biases here like this, like, right. The demand is there. Right. And especially too, where it's like the, um, being able to, um, have that as a introductory point of, you know, a person's journey within independent music. Like that's, that that's a logical jumping off point as opposed to, I mean, whatever, when you're 14 and like maybe buying, t-shirts first and then music second or whatever just because you're trying to figure out who the hell you are but seven inches are just kind of like okay like you can probably do this and if we ever have them i can still force the in control seven inch or no reply seven inch on 
whatever I want. I like you. I like how you're playing your greatest hits still. Some uh, you know, 25 years later. Oh yeah, like, my my two favorite California hardcore seven inch of all time in control. No reply. You should you should just have frame copies like uh, behind the register. You're like you've got like a three hundred dollar Gorilla Biscuit seven inch on the wall, and you frame a no reply seven. You're like, yeah, this is just a better seven inch. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're like, you can't argue with me about it. You've never heard it. No. Yeah, exactly. That's true. You'd be like, you've heard this Gorilla Biscuit seven inch. I can guarantee you have not listened to this in control. <laughs> the best. Two things you must do: one, buy band merch; two. The place that you buy that band merch is rockabilia.com. I can't tell you how much I love this company, but I will because not only do they pay me to do it, but I love this company. Use this promo code 100 words or less that gets you 10% off your order. It is a virtuous cycle because you use that code. They identify their marketing as working and then they pat me on the back and say, Ray, let's continue this partnership and everybody wins. But all joking aside, in all earnestness, <laughs> Rockabilia is the place that you need to buy all of your band merch. They have half a million items in stock, ready to ship to you, fast and friendly customer service in case you need to tap in and ask them any questions. And then on top of it all, it's all officially licensed. None of this horrible bootleg stuff that you are not supporting the bands. They are not seeing any money from this. It's just some random person in the middle of nowhere that is profiting off it. And you know what? Let's be honest. We don't need that. Rockabilia.com. hundred words or less is the promo code 10% off. And thank you Rockabilia for your continued support. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all want more time in our lives. You know, whether it's like, dang, I wish I had like another hour to, you know, play video games or read more or get outside or whatever it is. I know myself that's, I actually get questions a lot in regards to this podcast. How do you fit it in your day? And like, how do you do the interviews and all that stuff to be able to then balance the rest of my life from my work and, you know, playing in a band and I have a family, all of these things. But that is why therapy is so awesome because it helps you be able to sort out your life to focus on the things that for one really matter to you and two, Try to find more time for those things that you love. That is why I love working with BetterHelp. Because if you need to find a therapist, they're there for you. So give them a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient for you. And they can be suited to your schedule. And you fill out a brief questionnaire, matches you up with your own personal therapist. And if you do not like that experience, you can switch it. No problem. No questions asked. It's great. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. It's an offer just for you, the listener of this podcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. The second thing, which I, I find uh, interesting because I think from our experience in working at um you know, Bionic Records uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, is that uh, your note was that uh, t-shirts don't sell. And I think that we maybe had a little bit of a different experience. But then again, like, times change, people want different things from uh, record stores. And plus, there's so many places that people can purchase band merch around, (laughs) you know, in so many different places now. So what, and I think that's it. Like when we first when we first opened, we had the I was like, you know, bionic, we had the t-shirt wall and it was like, 
we were selling start selling shirts hand over fist like we you know all day long it felt like some days we shirt sold more shirts than we did cds and i was like okay we got it you know we got to get the, the shirts we got to have you know the hits we gotta have a motorhead shirt a green day shirt a nirvana shirt like you know just like literally like the, the greatest hits of like punk and rock and metal and for the most part they just did not sell and i was like i it like i was so confused and then it kind of like dawned on me i was like a there's a million bootleg companies out there so like you can get a green day dookie shirt or you can get a much cooler green day shirt online from someone that you know like i you know i don't know how many stupid green day shirts i keep buying from whoever's bootlegging them but sure um or there's like that stuff's just readily available now, I think. Whereas like twenty plus years ago, you know, I don't think you could that's there just wasn't like I mean the internet wasn't it wasn't what it isn't I can't talk. The internet existed, but it wasn't, you know, what it is now. And it's just I think that finding stuff online was a lot harder. Um and so what I've what I've noticed is like those kinds of shirts just don't sell for us. And we get in with some relationship I have, we've gotten in some like some bootleg stuff or um, some like DOS bootleg stuff. And those, those do all right. But I think that's because those are harder to come by. Right. Um, so rather than kind of the, you know, starter kit of a person buying, you know, your crimson ghost and your, you know, DK logo stuff like that, that is more easily accessible in yes. the, arguably like target you know yeah, so god i was that's what someone said the other day is like you can just go to urban outfitters um and buy any of this stuff well like and someone the other day came in and was like do you have the johnny cash middle finger shirt and i was like no but if you you know go to the mall like there'll be like five different stores that have it whereas bionic records days it was you know your local record store right um so that was, but that was just interesting. And again, it was like something where I, I had to get out of my own way in a ways to like realize that it's a different time than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. And so just what I know now, what I knew then is not the same as it is now. Right. Right. Yeah. No, and that, that's important. And I, I think it's like the more, you know, highly tailored pardon the pun pr- approach of t-shirts where it's like, okay, not like you said, the greatest hits aren't playing. So it's like, we need to get a little more specific when it's like, we were able to get like a weaker than shirt and we sold a bunch of them. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, stuff like, like, and that's the stuff where I'm just more choosy now because we, I got rid of the t-shirt wall and made it like new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, I'm a little more choosy about the shirts I bring in. Although, but then like the store shirts, we sell a ton of, so it's not, shirt it's like band shirts it's right. like non-bootleg band shirts don't sell right <laughs> yeah so stuff that you could find like you said ev- everywhere and anywhere like that's not going to be what's going to you know fly off the shelves that's yeah. not what people are because pe- people are i mean they're going to be going to a more independent minded business with maybe a specific focus in mind as opposed to you know your generic motorhead t-shirt yes yeah yeah the uh, the third point, and I, I think it's one that um, anybody that's had any sort of buying responsibility has uh, encountered, not only at a record store, but anything else where overbuying, 
<clears throat> where you buy too too many copies of uh, one particular release, or maybe you're re- referring to something different that you've learned, but overbuying. Talk to me about that. Well, I, I'm you know, there's certain records that have come out where I'm just like, oh my god, everyone loves loves this band is going to need this record, and I'll just you know load up, be like, let's go Friday, let you know, let's go nuts, and then it's like we'll sell two, and I'm like, what is happening? Like right. what? And I, I've had to become more, we'll give an example. Cause it's, no one's going to be offended by this example. It's like Manchester orchestra. Yep. Um, I bought so many of that new record and it's a record that actually, uh, since our year end list, I've actually listened to a lot cause I hadn't listened to it a ton and it's great. It's grown on me so much. I love it. And it seems to be pretty universally liked. And I was just like, what, what happened? And then I started thinking about it. It's like, there's a Brooklyn vegan exclusive. The band had their own deluxe version. Like there's so many, it's like, you have to, I have to take into account like the pre-orders and how many versions are out there, which it doesn't mean anything to ever, like not everyone's like, well, I'm going to pre-order this record, but I need to kind of, you know, be aware of that kind of stuff um, with so many exclusives out there. It doesn't mean everyone's going to go rush to the record store. Um, to pick up a copy. Right. To find that. Yeah. And it it is interesting because that, that idea of like, Oh, like trying to find that sweet spot, you know, is always the difficult task that you go through of like, Oh, do I buy 10 copies or 20 copies? And then also having to weigh in, like you said, the demand of the most limited version versus something that a person is going to care less of the most limited version. They just want that particular copy. Exactly. And then, but then, you know, there's things like the new Frank Turner came out and I got more requests for that on like the indie exclusive red than any other record, I think, since we've opened. So it's like this interesting balance of like, you know, yeah, just trying to figure out, you know, I guess being smart about it. And it's like, you know, you're not going to hit every, you know, there's going to be misses and there's going to be ones that you, you know, that I've, I've definitely underbought on, but it's like trying to find that balance of, not getting stuck because unlike CDs, vinyl is not returnable. I was going to say, is is that policy still in place in general, where vinyl yeah. is non-returnable? Yeah. So it's like once you buy it, it's I am yours forever. <laughs> and you know, take up like the Manchester record. We've definitely like we're moving through the copies. It's not like I'm sitting on, you know, half the press. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of like that's the one I think back to. I was like. I, th- I thought it was just me, op- you know, that Friday release day was going to be everyone's coming in for it. Um, so it's like, it kind of, that was the one that kind of made me open my eyes being like, all right, I got to be more, I have to be smarter about this and do the little more research and see, see what like what's happening in the world outside of, you know, the retail, like uh, brick and mortar stores. Yeah, right, right. Like, <clears throat> which different versions are, you know, how many are existing? It's like, are we talking about, you know, 16 versions or are we talking about 24 because 16 i'm going to order you know maybe more of versus the 24 i'll maybe or order a little bit less of for sure what was the what was the i guess on the flip side what was the biggest miss that you felt like you know (laughs) that you ordered too few of when you were like oh wow i did not expect the demand to be so high of this um the the one that's coming to me immediately just because it's recent Mm -hmm. was we order from mondo from time to time Okay. And they did the last of us two 
it's like covers and rarities. It's just like a five song EP. I think there's like an Eddie Vedder song. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like I'll get a couple of these. I put it in my, you know, my Friday video and I got more calls about this. And I was like, I like totally blew it. (laughs) Wow. Um, And, but you know, that day when hit up my, the guy at Mondo was like, do you have more of these? Cause I, I screwed up. So I've got more, you know, more on the way, but it was like, whoops. Right. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like, that's, you know, like the video game soundtrack world is something I don't know anything about, but um, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, that is, that is something that you would expect the people that know about it to want to order it directly from, you know, that particular vendor's website yeah. or that record label's website. Yeah. And then the need, but I think it's probably that idea of a person who's like, okay, like I, I did see that available. But I just didn't pull the trigger on it. And then they see your video <laughs> and are just like, oh damn, I didn't think they would have that in stock. So like, yeah. I want it. <laughs> I got so many calls. Um, and then but even like, like the new Japanese breakfast, like I ordered a lot of them. But it was like, come Saturday morning, it was like, oh crap, I should have ordered more. You know, like, right? It's it's you know it, it's just so it's it's tough finding like that balance, right? Um, that sweet spot. And yeah. when pe and I guess sort of tangentially related to that, when people are coming in to buy that record that they've you know requested or called or what have you do you find a large majority of people are dipping in for that one particular record and then, you know, not shopping for anything else or what's the, uh, what's your general observation about that? Uh, for the most part, they at least look around. Um, yeah. we started doing like, cause we have a web store and so I've started doing like, you know, pre-orders and you can, you know, for store pickup and most people will come in, they'll, they'll grab the record they picked up, but then shop, um, and buy more stuff. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, something that I, uh, the, the fourth item on our list was something that I know you articulated to me uh, just over the phone. And uh, I found it incredibly interesting was the idea of classic rock of that being such an important part of your business and store as you were building, because that's something that, you know, us in the more independent music world is just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like, you can buy that anywhere. Like, why would that be popular at my store? So uh, t- talk to me through your, your learnings in regards to classic rock. Well, was like, yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't, when I think, I guess my, my issue is my bias is that when I, when I think of classic rock, I think of like those stores where it's just like bins and it's dusty and, you know, and I was like, I don't want to be that store. Like it's a, I try to, you know, everything's white and it's like, we've got, you know, kind of tailored to a specific audience. And so it was like, you know, when we opened, we had, didn't really have any classic, like used classic rock. Didn't have that really at all. But we kept getting, you know, calls from people like, Oh, do you, do you have this? Do you carry that kind of stuff? Like, can I sell you some records? Where it was like, I had to like come to come to grips with like, Oh, I'm wrong. Like this is, this is a necessity. And I think there's a way to be smart about it. And, you know, when people call, it's like, if the records are beat up, like we're just going to pass on them. But if it's a, you know, if it's the hits, we'd be stupid to not have it. 
because like even to the point where you know i i do my videos and i've started doing you know every once in a while a video of like the classics and we just get like a rush of people coming for those titles it's like i was talking to someone yesterday it's like if we get a talking heads record in it sells that day every time like it's crazy like talking head stuff is just like to the point where now I, we, if it's available, we'll bring in like new copies of Talking Heads records because it's just, it's, which it's funny. I don't know if that's considered to some people class. I don't right, know. right, right, right. Like 80s or late, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's, but it. So yeah, it was just like I didn't want to be that kind of store, and I think there was a way to find that again, find that balance and. Um. Right. And like not turn, cause I mean, you're, I think anybody that's been to, uh, you know, more than one record store has that vision in their head of exactly what you're talking about, where you just walk into this very, you know, rundown, unwelcoming store. And you're just like, am I going to find anything here? Like this, this feels creepy. I don't like this. <laughs> right. I dig and I dig and I'm like, well, I guess I can just buy this. So I feel like I support it. You know, I like, it's like a, a guilty, a guilt buy almost. <laughs> yeah. Like I settled on this. Um, but it's like, it, it's also, I think really expanded the people who come into our store also. And people now are coming back and they're buying new records and bringing us like, you know, records to sell. And it's, it's, you know, I think one of the better things we did was really expand that, that stuff and make, make room for it and make, make it work. Right. Well, and, and to your point too, just opening up the lens in which you can bring more people in that have, they have experience with certain genres of music, but maybe they aren't as engaged with new music as they arguably should be. And then the store is a jumping off point for them to get into, you know, not like a ton of new bands, but buy one new record or whatever, because they're just, they just knew you exist now. And not even like new bands necessarily, but the, you know, they'll come and they'll buy a couple like used Beatles records. Right. And be like, do you have other Beatles records? And be like, you know, I'll show them the new ones we have. And it'll be like, there's a bunch of new remasters that have come out. And they'll be like, oh, well, I need that. You know, like, and then it's like, I didn't know they were making people be like, I didn't know they were making new records. And it's like, oh, you know, they are. <laughs> right. Um, right. And, you know, so then they'll come back and they'll buy like new, the new Prince reissues. It's like a lot of like, or David Bowie's, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's like they come back, but to buy new, new versions of stuff they've probably had for 40 years. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just get, and plus it gets them to, you know, engage with the store on a semi-regular basis and know it's like their spot to be able to pick up whatever it is. And then I just love, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm that idea of, you know, special orders where it's like people come in and they're like, Hey, can you get this record for me? And then, you know, you look like you're riding in on, on a white horse saving their lives. It's like just that. I love that feeling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. Okay. Absolute real talk right here. Quinn's snacks is the best snack in this game. And when I say this game, I mean snacks, (laughs) no joke. They're peanut butter pretzels all organic, GMO-free, all of that positive stuff, you will put it in your mouth and you will just be like, "This, uh, like I'm going to eat 500 of these things. And I love their peanut butter-filled pretzels. But on top of it, they have maple butter-filled pretzels. That sounds so good, right? So 
Go to quinsnacks.com and find out all about the amazing products that they have. I recently just bought their popcorn, which I am very excited to dig into. But please, eat Quinn Snacks. Your mouth will thank you. Your brain will thank you because it'll be like, man, this tastes so good. Why are these pretzels so crunchy? Why is this peanut butter so rich? I don't know. All I know is it tastes good and I want more. Quinsnacks.com. Find out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Out more. The last uh, item that you sent over, which is something that I, I know that many people have experience in, and I, I'm sure it's also mind blowing that there are people that, like when you mention discogs to them, aren't even aware that they it, that it exists, and you're just like, wait, you have records? Why don't you know that discogs exist? I'm sure yeah. it's funny, but uh, so t- tell me how discogs kind of plays into your store's uh, ecosystem and or you know information gathering that sort of stuff. Well, it's funny when I wrote this le- this list, I'm now not sure what I was re- referring to discards about. Perfect. But I've got a few things I can talk about. <laughs> Please, yes, that's well, that's perfect. Like, you know, when we first opened, it was yeah December 2020, so it's you know pretty far to COVID. We had appointment only days, and we also didn't really have like a that great of a web store. So it's just like let's just put our entire pretty much put almost everything on discogs. Which, you know, gave people a chance to not, they didn't have to come into the store and, you know, um, and it was great. And then it kind of got to the point where it's like, as things were opening up a little, it, it was like really hard to keep, because the inventory is separate from, there's no way that I don't think to like combine the inventory with Discogs and what we use. So it would just be like, we'd sell something in the store, me being me forgets that it's on Discogs, it sells on Discogs and it's like, well, can't get that back. So um, what I've learned is like, I, I did not, I, we're, we don't put it, just don't put as much on discogs. Like now it's like, I'll put like more pricey used stuff that doesn't maybe make sense for the store stuff. That's been sitting in the store for a while, but I try, I've putting less and less new releases on discogs, just mainly for basically for my own sanity and sure to, you know, have a better idea of what's in, you know, ha- keeping one inventory is hard enough, but having two just makes my brain melt. Uh, oh yeah. So like that, that's been interesting, you know, because in the beginning we did rely on discogs a lot because not everyone felt comfortable coming in. Um, but then at the same time, like discogs, such a necessary tool where, you know, I, it's kind of, I think for better or worse that it's be kind of become the, the barometer for what, what a record costs. Right. And it's like, you know, people bring in a stack of records and it's like, the first thing you do is you go to discogs, see what it's selling for, see what it's like. 
what it's people are selling for now, what the median, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, that's kind of how we have to gauge what records, what we can give people for records. And it's funny, like some people will, they'll be like, okay, cool. And just like, you know, don't, you know, don't second guess anything other than people like they'll take every record and they'll look and they'll be like, well, this is going for this on Discogs. And it's like, yes, well, you know, we have to make money, you know, then it's that whole conversation. Um, right. Right. We have to, we have to have the, you know, whatever 10 to 15% markup because, you know, that's just obviously how really. a store operates. <laughs> so, but it's just, I mean, it's like, there's, you know, when people are walking through the store, I can, I've done it. Like I know what people are doing. I do it too. Like walking to the store, looking at our prices, checking on discogs. And it's like, and you know, that's, we try to be as fair as possible. And so, but it's just, discogs is such an integral part. I think of, probably most record stores these days. Um, and it's, yeah, it's again, I, a blessing and a curse. I think I just, I keep thinking back like bionic people bring in a stack of CDs and oh, it was just like, that was awful. You know, there was no rhyme or reason to what we were pricing, like giving people money for. It was no, just, this is crap. Or I think this is crap. Like, uh, this will sell. And it was just like, Hey, here, you know, that eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Just like go- going through. Yeah. That, that, that brings like, I think that was really the most unpleasant part of the job that, that, that haggle. And then that, if a person brings a stack, you know, 25 CDs high, and it's just like that, you know, separating the piles, here's the $2 pile, $3 pile, $4 pile. And yeah. just like this, the stress of like, if, a, especially too, if a person drops it off and then like watches you, there's just like, Oh. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, I it still it stresses me out now being like again, I think we are very fair and right. I come to the number and there's still this stress of like, hey, we can do this. And it's like, am I gonna get like you know, and you know, yelled at or like right. people think we're ripping them off and it's like it's it's still to yeah, stresses me out. <laughs> it's and it's and especially too where uh I, I think on the the flip side the experiences that i know both you and i have had when we're bringing in used records to any store um of just being like oh i, I generally speaking i know what i would like in my head but i'm not gonna like grind the record store and play like oh, oh yeah we're gonna offer you 90 i need 100 it's like are, are we really gonna do that is this ten dollars <laughs> that important to us well it's like i if, if the stuff i'm taking to a record store generally is being like Stuff that I was just fine to get rid of, you know, like I, right. I, I, you know, I generally wouldn't try to bring like, you know, like just dollar bin records because right. nobody needs more of those, but stuff that just, you know, it would serve someone else better than it serves me. Like I'll take what you can, well, I'll take what I get kind of thing. And, um, it's about like whatever, whatever <laughs> all this is, is fueling more record purchases. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As, as opposed to just go straight to records. So it doesn't matter. Totally. As, as opposed to people who are selling, um, you know, product to, you know, make the rent or whatever like that. That's, that's when yeah. it gets, you know, sad and depressing where you're just like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I could solve your problem, but like, I literally cannot because the, you know, these scratch sublime CDs are not going to do the trick. Uh, if I could, I don't think you ever dealt with, uh, they're, they're in pristine condition with that guy, but I got f- flashbacks of this guy, Bionic, just <laughs> drives me nuts. Yeah. So I, I can tell you what is not pristine condition. Yeah. 
and I, I guess on that point, do you, are there people that, uh, I, I'm sure you have, uh, maybe some idiosyncratic customers who are very concerned about, uh, the quality of said used record? Uh, do you get in, uh, you know, discussions about, uh, near mint versus, uh, uh, you know, mild <laughs> and all the other gradations in between? Uh, from time to time. And there's people like, you know, and a lot of times, like if a record comes in and it's definitely like a cool record that I want in the store and it's maybe not in the best condition, I clean them, I take them home, I listen to them and I give a pretty honest, you know, I still write on the stickers. I can't, I can never escape writing on the stickers um, like a bionic. That's um, great. And, you know, if someone's like, oh, you know, like it's got some scratches, like, would you go kick, you know, a couple, a couple bucks off? It's like, sure. Like I, you know, I use stuff, you know, let's have a conversation. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. And, but, you know, never to the point where it's like, you know, you said this is near mint. There's a piece of dust. Like, you know, it's never like that extreme. Like, right. Everyone's, I mean, I can't, everyone's been very cool. Um, that's good right yeah they're they're coming in with a good attitude as opposed to like oh i can't wait to get in an argument about this <laughs> yeah so we've been, we've had i've had no no mask arguments it's been it's been like a very just all-in-all positive experience <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome well, the last thing that I'll, I'll spring on you that I wanted to ask was um, if you could kind of, you know, embody uh, a experience or recall something that was uh, special to you, whether it's, you know, feedback you got from a customer or whether it's, you know, the times you shared with some of the, of the people that work at the store. Um, I know that it that I've just listed a wide variety of experiences, but what kind of made it special uh, for you to have this space and to be able to, you know, launch a successful small business? Um, I mean, you know, the, the big answer I think is that, you know, this literally has been a lifelong, not a lifelong, but a, a dream of mine since working at Bionic. I was like, this is the best job I've ever had. And leaving Bionic, like, it was like, I just want to, I just want to open a record store. And so be, to be able to actually do it, um, has really, I mean, it's changed my life in a very positive way. Um, you know, it's, I think it's made, it's, I feel like it's given me more of a, a purpose and, you know, it's just, it's, it's been amazing. And that, and I, I will never take that for granted how, how cool it's been. Um, you know, on top of that, like my brother-in-law, Justin works at the store and, because of that, like we've gotten way closer and, um, we, you know, we weren't, you know, not necessarily, you know, not, not close, but like, it's been really cool being able to, to grow that relationship with someone who I've known for so long, but like to finally, you know, just make it strong, that relationship stronger. Um, but those, I, you know, those are two big things. I mean, I think just being able to talk to, being able to talk to people about music. I love it. It's, right. <laughs> do it all day long. Like, I don't totally. care. Like I'll talk about anything, <laughs> you know, there there's, there's people come in and they talk about stuff that I don't, maybe not stuff I listen to all the time, but like just to be able to engage and have that conversation is it's so fun. You know, it just yeah. makes it's, it brings me back to being a kid and just, getting into music and just talking about it with my friends. 
I, I, I mean, it's a beautiful articulation of that because I, I think that that definitely the enthusiasm that you can express, you know, on the internet in the written word is, um, you know, important to the overarching. I mean, I'm not even going to call it criticism of music, but just the feedback loop that can exist where you can, you know, someone could like, I know a, a mutual friend of ours, like Riley from Thrice. He does such a good job of, of highlighting records that he's listening to and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it can get people like you and I nerded out. Like, I know he shared something yesterday where it was like, uh, you know, an ex uh, guy from the hardcore band Breach that existed for many. I was like, oh my gosh, the singer Breach. And like, I got excited to give that flutter of exactly what you're talking yeah. about. But it's still something that is lacking where I know like if <laughs> I was interacting with, uh, you know, Riley face to face at a record store and he's like, Oh, have you heard this band? You know, like we would be doing somersaults. Like <laughs> it just has that. It, it, it's yeah. I know it sounds like old man on the porch, but it has that like irreplaceable energy that exists between two humans of getting enthusiastic about a thing together. It really, it's like, it's so fun and just being like, Oh, you like this and you gotta listen to this. Right. Like, <laughs> And it's like, you know, and it's like, I remember, you know, doing, doing that stuff when you're younger, it's like, it just opens your world to like finding about these new bands. It's like, you know, it's like, if you listen to this band, you'll listen to this band. And then this band, it's like, if you tell two friends and then they tell two friends, it's like that tree just grows and grows and grows. And it's, you know, you can never listen to too many bands or too much music. Right. <laughs> well, I think some people would argue against that, but I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't listen to the same stuff over and over again. Although I've been listening to the same stuff for 30 years now. So yeah, it's okay. You just peppered in with other things. Yeah. I, I, I promise. Last thing I'm putting you on the spot. What is your number one best selling record at the store? What's your first instinctual response? My, uh, I know this, is, well, this, this, my answer isn't necessarily fair. I'll explain. Well, the okay. number one seller of all time, I think it's either, Julian Baker, Little Oblivions, or Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. One of those two. I don't remember. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, there was this record called, uh, by this band, High Viz. They're a UK band on Venn Records, which is like, which is the guy from Gallows. Oh, right. And um, I had a couple people hit me up being like, hey, you're going to get this in. Wasn't familiar with the band. Hit up, just cold, you know, emailed the label, not realizing who it was. And then it like clicked and I was like, oh, crap, like 613 did a Gallows record. So like we just got to, got to chatting and he was like, I've had people in the US hit me up. Like, why don't you just, I'll just send you a bunch and you can be the place in the US where people buy it. So we that's our number one seller because we were the only store in the country that had them. <laughs> but, that that is, a, that is a fair response. I mean, you, you if you got the direct connect, then of course, boom, there you go. And it's one of those things was like just – weird relationships and every and music and every you know everything's connected everyone knows someone um and it's just like you know this small world of something that happened 12 years ago who i i only knew wade never met anyone else in the band and it's like yeah it all it all came full circle that's spectacular i love to hear that well, congratulations on uh, one year and you know many successful years. We'll uh, maybe do a you know once every year and a half check in to see uh, the other learnings that you get. But uh, <laughs> the, awesome. yes, I'm very 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 excited. And uh, yeah, if you are in the uh, greater Boston area, you have to make your way to uh, Joey's store, and uh, you can say the podcast sent you, and just be like, it's a whole virtuous cycle that exists there. <laughs> <laughs> you ten percent off with the promo code Joey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> say now total podcasting, just throw, throw an ad on there. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, thanks for the insights, Joey. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ray. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. So hopefully you learned some things in this conversation I had with Joey. Because maybe you want to start your own business. Maybe you want to figure out something that contributes to the local economy, the music buying economy. I mean, that's specifically record stores. But anyways, I thought it was a very insightful conversation. I learned a lot of stuff. Hopefully you did as well. And visit Want to Hear It Records in the greater Boston, Massachusetts area. I, I can't wait to get there in the next couple of months because, uh, yeah, I just, I've been watching it grow over Instagram and I really want to go there. So thank you, Joey. Next week, I have a great, another great, I mean, that's hyperbole, I guess, or maybe, I don't know what sort of adjective to describe, but I'm looking forward to the conversation that I had to bring to you with Bobby Marcos from Cloakroom. Cloakroom just dropped a new LP on Relapse. I've loved this band for a long time. I got keyed into them via their first release on Run For Cover, and I've just followed along with the band. They're from the greater Indiana area. Uh, used to be One or two of the dudes used to be in a band called Native that I greatly enjoyed, but Cloakroom, we, we talk about a lot of fun stuff, including the NASCAR slash racing industry. That is a conversation I didn't think I was going to be having ever on this podcast, but I did, and it was great. So Bobby from Cloakroom is happening next week. And until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.